Do you want your business to grow faster? Are you open to new and out-of-the-box ways to drive revenues and increase value? How do you imagine the most successful entrepreneurs and business leaders double, triple, or expand their businesses tenfold or more? The answer is deals. This is a weekly podcast featuring conversations with business owners, executives, and leaders as we reveal behind-the-scenes details that give you, our listeners, the confidence to pursue your own deal-driven growth. On the show, we discuss a huge variety of deals, everything from large complex mergers and acquisitions to smaller deals that you can do even without significant capital. My name is Corey Kupfer, and I've been supporting deal-driven growth for businesses for 35 years as a successful entrepreneur, professional negotiator, and attorney. My goal is to help you strategize, plan for, find, and complete deals that will help your company grow faster. Welcome to the Deal Quest Podcast. Let's get started. Hello, Deal Quest community. This is Corey Kupfer, and this is a solo cast, our second of 20. 22 and we as promised in the last solo cast are going to do a recap of the 2021 deals and i'm not going to talk so much this year about specific deals but i want to talk about sectors i want to talk about trends you know as i see them and what's going to be coming into 2022 you know big grain of salt right (laughs) none of us can predict the future who knows what's going to happen there could be a black swan event as they call them but, you know, with that caveat, there seem to be some trends that have already are occurring or continued into the first month, at least of the of the of 2022 and, we, you know, going on last year. And uh, I want to make you aware of them as I see them. So uh, 2021, another unbelievably busy year for M&A and for other types of deals, uh, but specifically for M&A. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the, the deal world, uh, you know, has been... In fact, it's been crazy. I mean, there's record deal numbers in various industries, uh, certainly in financial services where we play uh, the investment advisor space, record, record deals, record amount of money in the space, record amount of aggregators and consolidators uh, coming in, um, private equity money like there's never been before, you know, uh, multiples and valuations high, you know, as well. Uh, Tech sector, another sector we play in, um, very, very active. Uh, a lot of tech deals. Obviously, tech has continued to be strong even through the pandemic or maybe, you know, because of it. We don't play a lot in the health sector, but certainly that is a sector where there has been a huge number of deals all through 2021. And that's a long-term trend as, for example, the the wealth management industry is, you know, has been a long-term growth trend. Health uh, is definitely a long-term growth trend and will continue to be for a while, according to most predictions. And that includes the deals that are going on. Let's look at some of the other sectors which maybe had more challenges. You know, I've talked many times on this podcast uh, about this K economy concept, where during the pandemic there were folks that were on the upswing of the K and some on the you know on the down. Uh, and uh, the interesting part is, and this is not unusual. I mean, in changing circumstances, there are often deals, whether uh, it's on the up stroke or the down stroke. Um, so let's look at some sectors that you might think would be on the opposite of the, the spectrum, like restaurant and retail. Um, the interesting part in the restaurant uh, industry is 2021 was a very busy year for M&A in a restaurant, especially when it comes to big players and chains. You know, uh, and, and as you can imagine, obviously, those um, restaurants suffered during the pandemic. Certainly, there were plenty of individual, you know, owned restaurants, privately owned restaurants that had trouble, even went out of business, you know, and what happens in tough times is 
that uh, it becomes a bigger player game often, right? Because those are the ones that have capital or access to capital. Um, they've got the wherewithal often to uh, survive. And even when they don't, and I'll, I'll give a couple of examples or, you know, at least one where, you know, they, they run into trouble, but still that triggered deals. So, you know, for example, in 2021, there was uh, Capriotti's uh, sandwich shop buying wing uh, zone. Uh, yeah, Jack in the Box buying Del Taco, right? So, I mean, let's look at Jack in the Box buying Del Taco, right? But what happens is there's two competitors in the same space, uh, generally in fast food, not, not necessarily in the same cuisine. And uh, they use that opportunity to consolidate uh, during a tough time. I'm sure there was some economies of scales on, you know, on that deal. That deal was done at the end of, of uh, 2021, um, I believe it closed early December. And, you know, you had moves like that. You had uh, aggregating brands that use the opportunity to buy a bunch of uh, chains. Fat Brands, for example, uh, had acquired Johnny Rockets in 2020. They bought four more restaurant trains and chains in 2021. Um, there was some movement in the restaurant tech space uh, as well. Um, Squarespace, um, which is not just a restaurant, but but they purchased the reservations platform on, you know, talk um, in March and Sweetgreens acquired Spice in late August. So these are just examples. And again, I'm not going to delve into individual deals, but you can see now one of the interesting things, I'll give one more example, is, um, you know, there was a very big story, uh, you know, deal in 2021, which was uh, NPC International uh, that was uh, sold some of its chains out of bankruptcy. I mean, that's another thing that happens, right? So not every big player uh, was able to survive. Maybe, you know, there was some that were challenged otherwise in terms of maybe what was going on with their sales or with their, their, their capitalization or things like that. So NPC is one of those that went into bankruptcy. Now, what did that trigger? That triggered a sale of Wendy's and Pizza Hut units, uh, right? So, you know, a chunk of the units to Flynn Restaurant Group, which is Wendy's parent company, and the Light Restaurant Group. So, you know, the down uh, stroke of uh, of the K, so to speak, uh, when, when companies run into trouble, Certainly, you know, and I've done a number of deals of bankruptcy. I'm not a bankruptcy attorney, uh, but uh, I've in the past worked with bankruptcy attorneys where I'll handle, you know, the M&A side of things. My uh, our firm, they'll handle the bankruptcy side. So I'm somewhat familiar with that. And, um, and you know, the, the, that happens and it's happened in other downturns uh, in that sector. Let's look at, you know, sort of consumer and retail, right? Because that's the other area that was obviously challenged for a while. You know, a little ups and downs, certainly in, in 2021, uh, you know, certainly a better overall year than, than 2020. But that's another area like the wealth management and financial services and fintech spaces where there's a lot of private equity that has, that has come into the space. Just a huge amount of private equity in the uh, consumer and retail, you know, brand uh, sector. But you have to look at where it's going, right? You know, where those assets are going, where that investment is going is in the areas, for the most part, that have actually been growing areas. So for example, pet food and pet products, that's been a hugely growing area since the pandemic uh, began. You know, this, uh, you hear this uh, uh, pandemic puppy, uh, you know, phrase sometimes, a lot of people, they were home, they decided to get pets, obviously, that increases the demand for pet products and pet food. So that becomes a more attractive uh, sector. Um, so, uh, and there are more deals going on there as well. You know, one, one interesting thing is that um, there was some mixed results for, for SPACs. I did an episode on when SPACs were hot, um, and uh, which was special purpose acquisition companies, uh, companies that were uh, formed for the sole purpose of acquiring 
you know, that were taken public as an acquisition company, raising money in the public market. That was super hot for a while. And I'm not saying that there's still not a lot of SPACs out there once forming, but um, as we came towards the end of the year, that vehicle for acquisitions became a little shakier. Certainly, um, you know, from what I've seen in the consumer and uh, retail area, they've, you know, some of the reports are that they luster in that sector uh, in terms of the SPACs. So, you know, listen, there's mixed results, but also different reasons why deals happen, right? And as I've always preached, you know, they they happen on the upside and the downside. Certainly, there's um, one of the sectors, if we stick sort of with retail, is, uh, you know, convenience store channel. Uh, There were a huge number of deals in convenience stores. And, you know, it's interesting to look at that in in terms of their, um, you know, the fact that obviously those, those convenience stores were, were impacted by a pandemic, although, you know, obviously when they were able to open again, um, you know, they've started to do better, but there was, you know, there were a lot of deals in that space um, for whatever reason. You know, so that's really, you know, the, the M&A standpoint. Overall, there tends to be a lot of capital still out there. We see that now our deal flow, you know, we had a lot of deals that were that were closed, that closed us in December 31. They originally um, sort of targeted for them, that or before because of um, the risk of capital gains rates going up. And even as that looked like it would make at first, it would be a lot lower raise than was potentially had going to happen. And then after that, it looked like, no, there's going to be no increase. But those deals, you know, still closed many of them because they were still geared for everybody, you know, that was gearing for those uh, those closing dates. And, you know, what happens on these deals is that it's not just the deadline that you're looking at for tax reasons or whatever, but once you sort of get into a mode of the project plan, and then, you know, your integration people, whether it's the tech, the systems, the people, the, the, the payroll or whatever, you know, they sort of get on track and, and, and you, you know, even though the tax situation changed, a lot of those deals still closed uh, by December 31. But in many years where we have deals that are closing, you know, where it's a busy, busy December, January is slower, uh, you know, sometimes a lot slower in terms of deals. But we continue. I mean, it doesn't seem like there's even been an easing off the gas pedal, no less a break in terms of the deal, uh, our experience of deals coming into uh, the first month here of 2022. And I think we're not alone. Uh, most of the professionals I speak to and, and the, you know, the, the business people, whether it's on the investment banking side or the accounting side, the legal side, uh, the business broker side, you name it, um, consultants, everybody seems to be still busy. Um, now, you know, we've seen some things happening in the economy. For, I mean, on the one hand, there was great growth rates, in terms of GDP, on the other hand, and and uh, you know, uh, unemployment's super low now. Um, obviously, we, we've had some bumps recently, volatility in the stock market, high inflation, 40-year high inflation, questions as to whether that's going to ease off um, and it's just a, uh, a run-up sort of post-pandemic or whether that's um, a trend that's going to be, you know, going to maybe uh, depress some things. But I will tell you, but I haven't seen any of that slow things down yet. Um, private equity and, and uh, venture capital firms are still deploying capital. Um, companies that are raising, you know, uh, investment rounds, uh, you know, there still seems to be money out there in general, uh, you know, and financing for deals. So uh, even, you know, lending is uh, really available. I haven't seen, uh, you know, banks at all restrict uh, capital. Sometimes happens in, in, in tough economies. We're not anywhere near that. In fact, it's pretty freely flowing. Um, so, 
seems to me like 2022 is going to be another really good year. Uh, you know, knock some wood. Um, obviously, we'll see how the year develops. We'll see what happens with some of these other other factors. But between the amount of capital out there, the fact that um, I also think psychologically, you know, coming out of the pandemic, now we're not out of it. I know this. Who knows? There'll be another variant or whatever. But uh, you know, overall, certainly things are getting back to business way more than they were. And, you know, it just seems like people psychologically, companies, et cetera, are really interested in getting back to business and looking for opportunities to have the capital to do it. And uh, I have no reason to believe that this will not continue to be a uh, very busy deal year. You know, there's also outside the M&A space, you know, when things are changing, right? Whether it's because of supply chain issues, or whether it's because of you know uh, being uh, having to be closed from the pandemic, or uh, maybe there's um, you know it's uh, could be an issue with the distribution, it could be an issue with just a particular supplier. Well, that also raises the opportunity, or you know the one of the ways to come up with a challenge to to get past the challenge that you face is to do certain other types of deals, and we see some of those. You know, there's some more uh, joint ventures and strategic alliances, right? Maybe. You know, I've got uh, one client I'm thinking, oh, I can't really talk much about the sector and the industry because it deals early and I don't want to, you know, reveal anything. But um, there's a shortage of access to, let's say, an aspect of transportation of goods uh, that would be problematic for an opportunity, huge opportunity that this client has. But there's someone else, um, another company out there that has, basically it's trucks, I can say that, right? I, I won't say the industry. But basically has trucks available um and uh that makes um a, a joint venture some sort of strategic alliance between these companies makes sense because company a has this opportunity for significant work uh and getting vehicles and stuff this other company has the vehicles doesn't have the, the business opportunity right so that's that's you know and that could be you know that, that kind of deal could be structured in any way from just leasing the vehicles to buying them to you know more likely you know, in this case, probably doing some sort of strategic alliance or joint venture because it's not just the vehicles, it's the personnel, it's the expertise on, you know, on routing and all that kind of stuff. So it makes more sense to get together. So in changing environments, as, as it continues to be, also look out for these opportunities for strategic alliances, joint ventures and things like that. You know, even licensing deals. I mean, there are, you know, there are brands out there that have brand value, but maybe have run into operational trouble. And this is, could happen generally, certainly could happen during the pandemic, but there's some value still in the brand. And, you know, sometimes people can sell that out or license um, th that brand. And we see more of that as well. Um, we find that the, you know, for example, in my practice, we do a combination of deals and then just, you know, also just straight uh, contract and corporate and advice and, you know, uh, that kind of work for, for our clients. Um, and then, of course, we have, you know, the employment transition work that we do, getting the teams in the, in the wealth management space out of banks, wires, and trust companies. We have these different things we do. I would say deal work, uh, you know, because we, we track it, is, is, it just continues. Of, you know, it's been the last couple of years and has just certainly continued in the last six months of 2021 into 2022 here. It'd be a bigger and bigger percentage of what we do. And listen, we're, you know, we're not necessarily a microcosm of the whole economy uh, by any means, but that's just been our experience. And I think, uh, you know, when you look at the stats on deals, that's not uh, maybe not surprising. You know, I think we're also fortunately, you know, continue to build our reputation in that space. And um, just so you listeners uh, know, 
we're about to, uh, you know, update our, our website to show more of that capacity because we've done actually a pretty poor job. Like we have phenomenal, phenomenal uh, tax capacity through our relationship uh, with a with a boutique uh, in domestic and international tax firm that has significant deal experience that serves as the outside tax department for small and medium-sized firms. And that gives us a competitive, you know, we can compete with the big guys in terms of tax the quality of the tax advice we get. So that helps us in the deal, in the deal space. And that's, you know, listen, that's another example of a, of a deal, right? We got a relationship with a separate firm. Uh, they were smart in their business model and that they work with, you know, not a huge number, but a select number of uh, firms that do quality deal work and other work that, that need that, that tax uh, expertise and experience. And often, have trouble finding it at that size because a lot of the tax folks are at big law firms and big accounting firms or in-house. So, you know, that's smart. And essentially we have an alliance that allows us to, uh, to do that. So, um, you know, look for those kind of opportunities in, in, in your space as well. Um, in terms of, um, you know, any other trends, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, it's interesting because in some ways this update is not that different from, what I talked about at the beginning of 2021, obviously at that point, we we're coming off of the much more deeper part of the pandemic, but still these trends were there, right? Deals were happening, um, but I think it's only accelerated. I mean, as the economy's opened up more, as uh, you know, capital uh, bounce out there remains strong. And you know, as people have um, had time to evaluate opportunities, um, I think the deal flow has only, has only gotten stronger. Let's take a break from the show for a minute so I can invite you to a new way to determine your deal readiness. I created a fast and easy assessment that will determine exactly how deal ready you are. Once you complete the assessment, I use your responses to identify the obstacles that are holding you back from being a deal-driven growth genius. It's as easy as heading to coreycupfer.com slash assessment. That's coreycupfer.com slash assessment and filling out a few multiple choice questions. I'll be checking in after the episode to see what your results are. Now back to the show. The other thing I find is that there are a lot of, um, you know, professionals out there like myself and like the the brokers and whatever who are hiring, you know, like everybody else. In fact, you know, we, we, we're hiring my firm. Uh, uh, we're about to bring in another uh, senior attorney. We are about to get some uh, additional administrative help. And I find that to be a trend in folks that are in the deal space as well in that, you know, we all need developing more capacity to continue to handle the existing growth and what we anticipate to be in the future. Um, so that also allows deals to get to get done. Not not that they wouldn't get done otherwise, but frankly, if if uh, uh, the pace of deals can move more quickly if people are properly staffed up. And listen, some of us, you know, it's not as easy. Uh, you know, there are a lot of industries out there that have some trouble finding talent. And unemployment rates really low. Um, but you know, uh, but certainly people are uh, you know are doing it in the deal space. Uh, I know some um, of the investment bankers that I know have announced recently significant hires on their part. So you know, the infrastructure around deals is is, is growing itself, um, and the firms that handle are growing as well because of the need to do that. So uh, signs are generally very positive. You know, um, you know, I, I, I the other thing I would say is that in certain industries. Because the multiples have gotten so high. I mean, I've had a couple of clients in the wealth management space. This has been the case. Uh, a tech client recently, this has been the case. I know of somebody in the health care field. We're not handling that deal because we're not healthcare lawyers. But um, 
where in all these cases, they were not looking to sell. In fact, uh, you know, I, I, I'm thinking about one particular client who, you know, last time I spoke to him, which was maybe less than, a, you know, like a, earlier in the year, early in 2021, I mean, you know, I talked about um, the growth that they were having and the fact that they might be looking to acquire uh, and the fact that, they, you know, they were, you know, at a five to seven year sort of runway, they want to continue to build the thing and build value. Um, well, you know, got a call, this is just one example. It's not, he's not the only one. Um, last week, uh, wanting introductions to investment bankers, recommendations on who I would recommend for a potential sale because uh, looking at the multiples that are out there and, you know, they're pretty much in the wealth management space at an all-time high. Uh, certainly, I mean, there were high multiples back right before the 2008, uh, you know, 2009, 2010 financial crisis. But those multiples were on much fewer deals paid by bank buyers mainly, whereas now the volume of deals at those multiples and the number of different buyers, aggregated buyers, financial buyers, strategic buyers out there, you know, is so much different. So there's so many more deals at those prices. And it makes people, you know, rethink, like, you know, even though they didn't have a plan, um, you know, maybe there's an opportunity to take money off the table, uh, whether that's in, in, a, in a sale totally, you know, people can get the kind of multiples where maybe they'd be set for life now, or whether it's in a partial sale that takes some chips off the tail, but, but keep running the company. So we see more and more of that, even in uh, companies that had no intention, like it wasn't in their five-year plan, even though that's their one-year plan. But the market is driving them to reconsider that. So that's a trend we're definitely seeing in a few of the sectors that we're involved in. Um, so listen, I think you know there's a lot more we could drill down on. Um, I still think uh, there's huge opportunity for deals out there. Certainly on the buyer side, you know, it's certainly a, a seller's market in many many of the industries. Um, you know, certainly uh, I think that wasn't quite as true in in some of the restaurant retail uh, and those deals. But you know, in a lot of these other sectors, it is a it is a seller's uh, market continues to be. But because there's so many buyers out there and so much capital, you know they're they're willing to pay what the, what the sellers uh, what the sellers want. Sometimes you know they're surprised at what they can get in some of these industries. So um, you know, I, I I think that trend of uh, people becoming sellers who uh, didn't think they were going to be sellers uh, is going to continue for a little while longer here. Um, you know, sometimes it's tough to pass up, um, you know, uh, uh, much more money than you thought. Um, and even, you know, even the folks that want to stay in the game they're uh, you know, just because you sell doesn't mean that you have to exit, you know, you could stay on and have a different relationship with the company and be an employee or, you know, executive, maybe there's some, uh, these, um, acquires will, they'll have you get some equity in their uh, parent company when maybe you get another exit, you know? Um, so there are a lot of ways to do it. Obviously it's a big difference. If you're an entrepreneur and built a company, uh, to sell, you're never going to be in that control position you were before. So you got to think about it carefully and whether they, the money's enough and what your other objectives are and concerns are and whether you, you know, you're, you're ready to do that, right. Namely give up that control. A lot of my clients are really good folks and they really care that their employees end up in a, in a great place, you know, and uh, well taken care of as part of that deal. And they want to make sure that happens. There are the other factors other than the, than the high multiples and the significant amount of capital and the number of buyers, but, you know, but, but, but all those factors do shift. And there's some uh, folks who weren't planning on selling, you know, there's the, the, the number of deals go up in part uh, because there are some people who weren't planning on selling who now, hey, they become sellers. So again, I think that, that trend will continue for a while. 
I think it's a fun time. I mean, you know, I, deals can be stressful. I love doing them. Uh, in the last solo cast, we talked about a little bit about how, uh, you know, the, the reasons why you shouldn't be a deal maker. And one of them was that, you know, there are times when you got to push through and it gets crazy. We're certainly in that mode at the end of the year. Uh, we're really, really busy now, but at least can breathe a little bit. Also, we've gotten some help in uh, in terms of, um, you know, additional um, capacity. So that's helped. But yeah, you know, listen, it's a fun time. I mean, there are really good deals for really good folks going on. Uh, and um, if you want to know more, you know, feel free to reach out. Always love to talk deals. Not only it's why I have this podcast, and as you can imagine, off air, uh, you know, we, we I'm talking deals all the time. Uh, all right, folks, that's my 2021 coming into wrap up, coming into 2022. Uh, I hate to use the word forecast, but at least initial thoughts on where the deal industry is heading. Have a great week. Thank you for joining me on this episode of DealQuest, where we help you understand how deal-driven growth can be your ticket to freedom. I want to invite you to a unique way to tap into the wisdom and experience of the DealQuest community. Join the DealQuest Deal Den Zoom calls, a free monthly 90-minute mastermind. In the mastermind, we address all the challenges you may be facing and help support you with the opportunities that may arise in terms of deal-driven growth. You will get input not only from me, but all the members on the call will collaborate and serve each other in a mastermind format. To sign up for the free mastermind, go to www.coreycupfer.com slash dealden. That's coreycupfer.com slash dealden. I'll see you there. I'm Corey Kupfer. Until next week, wishing you the freedom and financial prosperity that I know your deal quest will bring.